Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Not So Native Podcast. Let me introduce your host. My name is Rob Lamb. And I'm Aaron Bailey. Kick back and let us take you on a journey as we explore some of Arizona's most fascinating people, places, and things to do. Are you ready? All right, we are sitting here in Seligman, Arizona. How did we get here? I don't know, but we are outside Angel and Vilma's gift shop, getting ready to go inside to interview Angel Delgadillo from uh, the, um, the the shop here. He's a native of Seligman, Arizona, and uh, that weird sound that you hear is um, is rain. So, Aaron, what do you what do you think of uh, where we've been so far? I mean, we came up last night, stayed in Williams. Say to know that, uh, was it the railroad? Grand Canyon Motel and RV Park. Say an old caboose. Very cool. Check out uh, some pictures on our website. And we'll be posting a little bit with her as well. Uh, You'll be able to listen to that episode if you go back one or two, maybe three episodes. But we are sitting here watching a whole bunch of tourists flocking in to Seligman. It's raining. Nobody seems to care about that. They're all excited about Route 66 and and how fun. This apparently is the birthplace of Route 66. I can't wait to hear Angel tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. But we're going to open the doors here and go inside and see what's happening here at uh, Angel and Vilma's gift shop. And barbershop, by the way. Apparently, Angel still cuts hair, so we'll we'll be excited to see all that. You can also see a video of Angel Delgadillo on the first Cars movie, on the inspirational part at the bon- on the bonus features of the video. Anyway, we'll uh, we'll clue you in in just a minute. We'll go inside. The Not-So-Native Podcast would like to welcome back our sponsor, MLR Professional Tax and Accounting Service, 623-505-7141. MLR Professional Tax and Accounting provides personal and business tax and accounting services. Looking for help with your business or personal tax returns this year? Choose the firm we choose at the Not-So-Native Podcast, MLR Professional Tax and Accounting, 623-505-7141. There's never a charge to talk. This is Angel Degadillo, right? Yes. Tell, tell us, uh, tell us what you got here and what you do. Well, first of all, my parents came from Mexico to Seligman, Arizona, the winter of 1917, and I was born on Old Route 66, one block south of here. Oh wow! Wow. They realigned it in 1933. This is the new alignment of 1933. Okay. So I saw the grapes of wrath. I saw all those poor. What was that like? Let, the let, let me stop you just for just a second, because yeah, tell me about that. The grapes of wrath. What it, year were you born, real quick? What year were you born? April 19, 1927. 
Okay, April 19, 1927. That makes me 36 years young. Right. There you go. All right. Rock star. I love this guy. So so you saw the Grapes of Wrath. What years was this? What time frame? The Grapes of Wrath was in the 30s <clears throat> when it quit raining. History tells us it quit raining for half a dozen years in the Midwestern states. A quarter of a million people migrated from the Midwestern states to California when they no longer could make a living. History says a quarter of a million used this highway in the 30s. Wow. Wow. Loaded down with everything that they had. They were, they were carrying everything that they, all their worldly possessions? What they had was a shirt on their backs. We as children used to laugh at these poor people. A poor Oki only had one mattress on the roof. A rich Oki had two. <laughs> wow. But since my wife and I raised four children, three daughters and a son, I can reminisce how tough it was for these people. Mm. History says that each community did their best if they broke down to help them fix their cars, if they ran out of gas, mm -hmm. they had a little jar with a few bucks. They bought them enough gas to get them out of town. Wow. Because, just think, if they hadn't done that, there would have been 20, 30, 40, 50 families here in each community. So that's the way they kept them going from town to town. They filled their gas tank, they helped them, and got them on to California. Wow. This is what I remember seeing during the Depression. Wow. And when, when this was, uh, after this started, after this was going on, what, um, what happened with Seligman while, while this was all taking place? About this time, World War II starts. Mm. Santa Fe used to hire about 300 employees. The railroad? The railroad. Okay. This was a very, very busy town. So we saw the soldiers, troop trains, soldiers uh, hitching a ride. Mm. Then we see the end of the war, then we saw traffic picking up again. Our factories went to constructing automobiles instead of cannons, instead of airplanes. We saw busy Seligman for years and years and years between the traffic and Santa Fe with the steam engine days. This was a town where every train that went by here stopped, got service, Crews changed here. Crews changed here, and they got called <clears throat> as they were needed. So this was their home, away from home, for about 250 railroad men lived here. Mm -hmm. This is a busy. This was a very busy town. So Eisenhower. You know, he was a 
in Germany. Mm -hmm. He saw the Autobahn, mm -hmm. so he says we're going to build our Autobahn in America. So they start to build the super highways in the 60s, I believe. They finished building a hundred miles of freeway from Kingman, Arizona, which is 70 miles on the freeway, to Ash Fork, Arizona, which is 23 miles from Seligman, a distance of about a hundred miles. They finished building a freeway and we were bypassed. Mm. September 22nd, 1978, at about 2.30 in the afternoon. Wow. Statistic has it that there was 9,000 automobiles using Route 66 here through Seligman every 24 hours. Wow. I remember, if you want across the street, that last day, you had to be very careful or you would get run over. 9,000 automobiles every, every 24 hours. Wow. So that day that they opened the highway and we were bypassed, I repeat, September 22nd, 1978, the traffic went to I-40. Wow. We knew it was going to happen. We knew it was going to hurt us. What we didn't know, how devastating it was going to be. Oh, yeah, yeah. But why did all the traveling public, they took to I-40 like ducks take to water? Why did they all quit 66 and went to I-40? Think. When they built Route 66 in 1926, we didn't have the equipment to cut through the mountains. Uh, we went around the mountains, mm -hmm. yeah. diffs and curves. I guess you never traveled around 66. I did. My mm -hmm. parents did. You got going behind a slow-moving car, whether he was pulling a trailer or whatever, and pretty soon there was another car. Pretty soon there were six or seven cars. <laughs> put, 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 put. Okay. The yeah. same thing was happening coming from the other direction. Uh -huh. You try to pass, you became a statistics. Uh, right. Yeah. So that's why when they built <clears throat> I-40 from Kingman to Ashford, that's why all the traveling public went to I-40. Because there's multiple lanes? With flat and the town died. Yeah, wow. The, the town died for ten long years. Okay, you don't know what it is to be forgotten by the world for ten long years. Wow, I know I lived it. Sure, sure, yeah. I believe it. Okay, but you know what? I have learned so much about myself and human beings. Uh huh. The traveling public got what they wanted, a highway <coughs> where they could travel 70, 75, 80 miles an hour and get away with whatever they could. We human beings, and it doesn't matter what country we're from, what language we talk, we are creatures of habit. We got past in 78. By 79 and 80, Men, your age, my age, well, not my age, I'm 90. 
two. <laughs> Men and women, they begin to trickle back into Seligman. Uh-huh. And why do you think that was? All the men and women sounded like a recording. They told me, when I was a little boy, when I was a little girl, this has got to be the highway that my parents drove from the Midwestern states to California looking mm. for a better way of life. Mm. History tells us <clears throat> that the government says you haven't paid the property taxes, you have to get out. This is my property, I'm staying. It's sad to repeat it, but our government says if you don't leave, we're going to bulldoze your building down. Mm. That's history. Sure. So a quarter of a million people had to leave the Midwestern states looking for a better way of life. So when these people started coming back one by one, one by one, back to Seligman, I heard the same thing when I was a little boy, when I was a little girl. This has got to be the highway that my parents used back in the 30s. Mm. The Greats of Wrath. Yeah. So have you always owned this as a barber shop? Uh, I mean, we're in your barber shop right now. And has this always been a barber shop? I noticed that there's like a, a wall here with a window. Did you guys used to have something else going on next door? Or how, how, how'd this happen right here? My parents bought this building back in 1965. Okay. My father was a self-taught barber. He built his own building one block south, <coughs> one block west, at the tune of over $4,000 in 1922. He became a self-taught barber. Mm -hmm. When they rerouted the highway from the front of his building to here in 1933, and during the Depression, he went broke. He closed his business in 1935. Mm. He was a self-taught barber. He opened up as a pool hall, three pool tables. Mm. Then he taught himself the barber profession, and he bought this chair according to the invoice, April 10th, 1926, for $194. The invoice is right there. Oh, huh? So I graduated from, oh, wow. high, I graduated from high school I followed in my father's footsteps. I went to Barber College in Pasadena, California. I started my career July the 7th, 1947, at 1 o'clock. Wow, you are precise with I, your time. I graduated awesome. the fifth day of December. There's my diploma, 1947. There we are. So I graduated from Barber College, took the, the test for an apprentice. I passed it. I found a job in Williams, Arizona as an apprentice. I served an apprenticeship for two years in Williams, Arizona, 43 miles from here. Mm -hmm. Then I had to go back to Phoenix and take the test for a master barber. I passed it. Then I came and opened my dad's old pool hall and barber shop, which is one block south, one block west, at 9 o'clock, May the 22nd, 1950. His old pool hall and barber shop. Sure. Okay. <clears throat> 1950. By this time, Santa Fe was using not steam engines anymore. They were using the diesel. Mm -hmm. Santa Fe began to lay off people. 
No longer did they need that many people. Right, so diesel could go farther and longer without maintenance. They didn't need the three, sure. 250, 300 men taking care of the... Okay, economics. So, so gradually it, be, it began to dry up more and more and more down there. Mm -hmm. So I moved into this building September of 1972. I was back there for 20 years. 22 I was, years. I was one year old when you opened, or one month old. <laughs> one month old when you opened this building right here. I was one month old. This was a duplex. Oh, it was a one, house. There was a wall that went all the way down there and two walls that went this way. Two different families used to live here. Okay. My father rented it. Well, it wasn't rented anymore, so my father said, let's move down here. So I literally took the walls down, took the windows down, put new windows in there. I did. Mm -hmm. I finally got so tired, I hired a man <laughs> to help me finish it. So I took my dad's old pool tables apart, mm -hmm. moved them here, put them together. When we finally had it ready, bought the chair here. We opened up here as a pool hall and barber shop. Uh-huh. Okay. By You're serving cold beer? Never sold beer. Okay. Just cigarettes, candy, and pop. Okay. Okay. So now we're here in this building. We've been bypassed. The town died September 22, 1978. Business was very slow. So when I begin to hear the traveling public talk about this used to be the highway, I finally caught on to the fact that they were looking for America of yesterday. Yeah, there you go. They got, what, they got what they wanted on the freeways, <clears throat> but what does the freeway show you? Not much. Not very much. Mm -hmm. If you don't watch it, it'll rock you to sleep. Yeah. Yep. Very smooth. So they begin to trickle into Seligman, so I says the way to get the economy back is through Route 66. I had a plan. Okay, this is this is what this is what I was. Uh, you know, when you when you said rock them to sleep, I I got the imagery from the movie Cars because I saw you on the movie Cars there. And uh, yeah, I know, I know. I'm, uh, we we both got kids. We probably my watched. son loves it. So. We, <laughs> My daughter, we put the movie on the other day because I told her we were coming up here to meet you. <laughs> and my daughter started singing all the songs and she knew all the lines because she watched it probably 400 times <laughs> from the time she was two years old until the time she was, uh, you know, seven. Okay, so, <laughs> my plan, my plan but, was... But let me, let me tell you, yeah, you, I want to hear about your plan. Please. My plan was all we have to do is ask the state to make... Route 66 from here to Kingman make it historic. Uh huh. I started talking this way in the early 80s. Do you want to learn more about solar energy and how to harness its power? Check out casearizona.com. The Conservative Alliance for Solar Energy is a nonprofit organization focusing on educating Arizona homeowners on the benefits of residential rooftop solar and renewable energy. Check them out at casearizona.com. 
That's C-A-S-E-A-R-I-Z-O-N-A dot com. I talked about it here in the barbershop, how to get the economy back. I talked to anyone that would listen to me. <laughs> sure, absolutely. How to get the economy back. Yeah. I took it to the Chamber of Commerce. I helped to rejuvenate the Chamber of Commerce in the early 80s. Oh, okay. I was a president. I took a Chamber of Commerce. No one listened. Uh-huh. But I'll tell the story as it was. Sure. I finally told my wife and I, let's go to Kingman to, and talk to people in the community, see how they th think about my idea. Okay. Grand Canyon Caverns endorsed my idea. Oh. The Indians in Peach Springs endorsed my idea. Mr. Mrs., uh, Mr. and Mrs. Ray Barker at Truxton endorsed my idea. The Kingman Chamber of Commerce endorsed my idea. I even have a letter from the vice president. I came back to the next monthly meeting with my cannons loaded. <laughs> I told them how it was. They finally says, Angel is right. By this time, we had new blood in town. Uh -huh. She sat right there. We didn't have this thing. Oh, she told okay. me she wanted to be the prison chamber of commerce. I says, I'm not going to use her name. I says, we'll stack the cards. We'll make you the president. I don't have to be president to work that hard for Seligman. Right, right. I'll be the vice president. Because you're a native-born Seligman, so yeah. So, the first meeting that we had, the chamber, the Seligman chamber called the meeting at the Grand Canyon Caverns. Forty-five people attended that meeting. Well, wow. February the eighth, nineteen eighty-seven. She didn't go to the meeting. She was not interested. I presented at the meeting for an hour. Nothing happened. We agreed to meet a month later, same location, same time. I walked out of that meeting. I called that now famous meeting myself on February the 18th, 1987, at one o'clock here in Seligman at the Copper Cart restaurant, which is now a gift shop. Incidentally, we have 14 gift shops in Seligman that sell Route 66 memorabilia. Uh -huh. Yeah, we've visited almost all of them. Yeah. <laughs> So, Fifteen people came to that meeting. I got on the phone and called as many people whose phone numbers I had. Fifteen people came to that meeting. Bingo! We formed the first ever the Historic Route 66 Association of Arizona. Oh, there you go. That's why they call this. Is that why they call this the birthplace of Historic Route 66? Okay. Uh, oh, sorry. I don't. I don't mean to jump into your story. Oh, I just. Oh, okay. I'm asking questions because. Yes. I'm, Curious. Yes, Sorry. that's the reason. That's the reason that they call Seligman the little town where Route 66 got its historic rebirth. Oh, the United States government finished building the freeways in 1984. Mm -hmm. In 1985, October 1985, they had a big doings in Williams. I didn't go to it. I was so angry. At this precise time. Williams was the last town they got bypassed, I-40. They told the world at this time the end of Route 66. It was decertified, decommissioned. They told the world the 
in around 66. <laughs> and listen, when our e elite elected officials talk, they mean business. Uh -huh. You listen to them. It's the end of Route 66. I said, Baloney, it's right here. Yeah, there you go. I live on it. Yeah. Okay. So we formed the association. We had elections. I was elected president, naturally. <laughs> Jerry Richard was my first vice president. Dave Wesson was my first secretary. He could write letters like you can't believe. Oh, there you go. He wrote the letter to the Department of Transportation in Phoenix. I signed it. We were so happy. Man, we had formed the association. We're going strong now. What happened? We waited and we waited and we waited. I'm not going to use any names. Sure. And, and Mr. So-and-so never did answer our letter. By this mm -hmm. time, we're having monthly meetings from Seligman all the way to the Arizona-California border. Once a month, the association called the meeting. Awesome. There was nothing There was nothing to have 30, 35, 40 people at our meetings. We had the backing of the people. Uh -huh. We, the people, have the power. We do. Okay. Don't, suck so Don't we, give it all to the government. We, kept, we mm. kept having meetings and meetings and meetings. We put so much pressure... We, the people, put so much pressure on the Department of Transportation that Department of Transportation finally made Route 66 from Sligman to Kingman historic. Well, there you go. But remember, our government said the end, no more. Sure. Our government spoke, and we're supposed to say, okay, yes, sir, thank you. Yeah. We had to fight City Hall. We had to fight state officials to get this done. Mm. So Seligman is known, the little town where Route 66 was reborn. Mm. That's awesome. Yeah. I, ha I have now been interviewed over a thousand times by the news media. Before John Lasseter interviewed me, the 12th day of June 2001, he interviewed me for a couple hours. Right, he, the, he, the, this is the guy from Pixar. Right, John Lasseter? Yes. The director, yeah. He came to interview me. Before his interview, all we had traveling here were just grown-ups. Yeah. Since he interviewed me, families, whole families are traveling around 66. And not just American families, international families. I, I, I've noticed that so far today, two you've buses. had two buses... One from Japan, one one full of Japanese, one full of Finnish people, and and then and then you've got you know, other other people wandering around. So that that's just New Zealand, New Zealand, New Zealand. New Zealand. New Zealand? Oh well, we're the not so native podcast. So so if you, uh, you if you happen to listen to the not so native podcast, that's oh, what wow. we're doing. You'll hear this again. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for I, popping in. I want to bring you up to date on something very important. Oh, yeah, that's Very right. and extremely important. When I was interviewed about 200, 250 times, I was so excited. It was all about me. I begin to notice the people that trickled in here smiling from ear to ear. So appreciative. Thank you for what you have done. Right. It went on and on and on and on. 
about last summer a German lady speaking very good English walked in here and told me what you have done in giving new birth to Seligman and Ralph 66. She told me it's phenomenal. I have heard it thousands of times. But she says, but the message that is being sent out to the world is that you had an idea and against all odds you made it happen. You did not give up. This yeah. is this is what the world is receiving. Mm. So when John Lasser did his interview and he put his story out <clears throat> to the world and it has gone worldwide. Sure. I have had parents and grandparents sit here and tell me I have seen that John Lasseter deal a dozen times with my children or grandchildren. Oh yeah. And the yeah. interpretation to that is John Lasseter exposed Route 66 to the next generation. Yes, right. yes. And gave hope. New hope. Yes. The United, the United States government has declared Route 66 in Arizona alone they have given it the scenic, the all scenic byways and the all American highways. Mm. We have gotten the attention of our government. Uh, now I'm going to tell you something else. Why do our elected officials in the state of Arizona now know exactly where we're at? Because you had an idea, just like America, just like the original colonists had an idea to create a dream and a hope. And you fought for it and you kept it alive and now the world and they know about your hope and your dream. That's one concept. <laughs> that's, not, that's, that's, that's not where I was going. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> I'm just teasing. Do you have an idea... How many dollars uh, this yeah. little town yeah. and, and sales tax money sends to our state coffers? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not going to tell you how much. Uh, I, I know how much. It is absolutely mind-boggling. It's all about the do re mi. It's all it? about the do re mi. They know exactly who we're at because they know exactly how much we send them. And just think, from one end of the state to the other, we have... Travelers from all over leaving hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. How much do you think our state coffers are getting because we gave around 66 is free, but like yeah. you say, from, your concept. From Winslow to, to Kingman, it's, it's lit up again. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Journalists understand that it wasn't our bright elected officials that gave Rouse 66 its historic Weworth. Right. It was just we, the, the people. people that did it. The American dream is alive and well, but turned, without getting into politics, go turn the TV on, and we are in danger of losing that dream. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you. 
not to get into politics, but I agree with you completely that we are in danger of losing that dream because we continue to circumvent our rights and our power to uh, uh, to the wrong higher authority. Uh, let's just say that. I was just a young teenage <laughs> boy during World War II, mm-hmm. but history tells us that we were not prepared for a war, but we, the people of America, united and we succeeded, we overcame. Mm-hmm. Then I relived it again when I call that now famous meeting for February the 18th, 1987. We, the people, united and we overcame. And let not, we, the people in America, we take our country for granted. Oh, we yeah. take our country for granted. I agree. Other countries have lost everything they had through two world wars. Mm. Think about that. Aaron we, and I were talking about that on the way on the way over here. We do not know nothing about that. We, the American people, and I re- repeat again, this is why Route 66 is so alive to the world because I re- I can't help it. It is the work of we, the people. Mm-hmm. And our. And we live in such a high, fast tech world. Here's an example. We get a lot of bus, buses here. One of the drivers and I, we get to talking about it. Of course, we've been talking about this same thing for 30 years about, <laughs> without getting into politics, but we're not being taken care of. Bus driver comes in, he says, yeah, Angel, we stopped in Albuquerque to eat. Mr. and Mrs. sat down to the table she got her little thing. He got his little thing. They never said a word. They ate and, they and stared at their phones the entire time. Yeah. We're living in such different way of life that this Route 66, I notice, is beginning to wake up people because I see it here. Oh. I, I see it here. Parents have said, listen to Angel. He's telling you something very important about not giving up, about not listening to your friends because your friends are not going to help you. You have to listen to yourself. I talked about it for years. No one listened. I had to ask myself, what do I think? My son says, don't listen to anyone, Dad. Just do it. Oh, yeah. So young people are receiving the message that if you want it done, you need to do it yourself. It's that simple. You, you, yeah, I, I agree. I think that uh, at, at some point you're going to need to enlist people to help with We the People. But yes. if you have an idea that you think could be great and do good things, then don't let, don't let anything stop you from pushing it exactly. forward. Exactly. Exactly. Growing people, growing people in Seligman it won't work, Angel. Why did they tell me it won't work? We hadn't even tried it, right? But they, but they all told me it won't work, right? Right. But when my wife and I went to Kingman and I came back with my cannons loaded, I told them, "Look, here's what other people are telling me." Finally, the chamber says, "Okay, that's a good idea." And you know what? We were so hard pressed for time to tell the world Route 66 isn't dead. We put on a big three-day celebration, April 22nd, 23rd, and 24th. We registered 153 car owners. It seems like the world was waiting for this. Oh yeah. We were just going to make it 
an event to tell the world. Before we turn the 150 car owners at 10 o'clock on Saturday to go to Arizona-California border, Jerry Richard, my first uh, uh, treasurer, came running to me and says, Angel, Angel, they asked me, are we going to have this an annual event? I says, Jerry, they asked me the same thing. What did you tell them? I says, yes, and you, yes, it became an annual event. There you go. We, we will be putting on our 32nd annual three-day celebration first weekend in May, and we will probably register wow. 800 car owners, and they come from all over the United States and some parts of the world. Is it just a car show or is it a cruise? It's, like, like, or does it start as a car show and then go to a cruise? It's or? just a cruise. There's no time limit. They start here at 10 o'clock Saturday. Well, it starts on Friday here with festivities all the way to the Arizona California border with presentation of awards at Topak Golden Shores. Wow. It starts here on Friday and it ends Sunday at Topak Golden Shores. And the people just can't wait to get here to start it. So are you usually in the first car that goes? Or do you go? I went to the first one and it is so hectic it's too much. Oh, yeah. I, I stay here and I just start them off at 10 o'clock. <laughs> there you go. And turn them loose. But but it's nothing but congeniality. Cars in the 30s and 40s and cars, cars and people, people just from all over. At 10 o'clock when we, when we turn the cars loose on Saturday, there are about 2,000 people here that don't live here. They, wow. They come here. Just for the event. And they enjoy each other like you can't believe. And we haven't had a fender bender in 31 years. <laughs> the, the law looks the other way. <laughs> because it is something that in another town you couldn't have it. Street lights and traffic here in Seligman, you are back in time. Wow. You wow. are back in time. That's awesome. That's amazing. It's a great story. Uh, fantastic story. A lot of history. We're in your barbershop here, and I'm looking at all these business cards here, right? Clearly there's some history with all the cards here. What's kind of the story here? Are these just all people that have visited and, and come through your shop? Let, 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 let me show you something. Okay. <laughs> Bob Dobson, NBC News correspondent, yeah. was one of the first guys that interviewed me back in 85. Yeah. Well, two years ago, he came back to interview me again really? and asked Bob, Bob, when did you interview me the first time? He says, 1985. He says, write it down. <clears throat> in 1985, there were just a few business cards here. People were beginning to come back, very few. <clears throat> and they all, the traveling public, they all want to leave a little something here. Right. Mm. There are 3,000 business cards wow. on the wall. From all over the world, too. And they come from all over the world. Photos, 
after it filled up here in 89, we start putting them in albums. Oh, wow. wow. They are full of business cards, pictures, letters. <clears throat> Everything you see hanging up here is what people said. If I give it to you, would you hang it up? They all want to leave a little of themselves here. Why? What for? What do you think the answer is? They are so happy to be here in Seligman where Route 66 got its historic rebirth. And all the talking was right in here. Right in this chair. Yeah. My wife was the first manager of the store. We had our three pool tables in there. If we sold three t-shirts a day, wow. Yeah, man, it was big, big time, huh? Man, it was big time. Right. We kept growing, and one table went out. <laughs> we kept growing, the second table went out. About 19 years ago, my our third child, Myrna, the one that talked to you. Oh, yeah, yeah, Myrna, yeah. She quit a good job in Flagstaff to come and help because she saw that we were busy. So finally the third table went out and it became a full-fledged Route 66 gift shop. Yeah. Yeah. 21 years ago, I quit barbering on, on a daily basis. Now I just do barber work by appointment, by request. Oh. So Aaron, you need a haircut? <laughs> I need a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> now we know. So I just now, now I know. Next time I'm, I'm in the area, I'll give you a say, call. Say, you know what? This 10 long year period, mm-hmm. my wife and I had three of our four children going to Northern Arizona University for two whole years. We didn't have money to leave. We had to stay and fight. Mm. Three of our children were, were at NAU for two whole years. So during during that 10-year period from 78 to 88, is that what you're talking about, that period? Okay, okay. Yeah, well, you know, when your back's against the wall, you got one, two choices, right? Now, when you said that, this is what young people don't know nothing about. When they get their backs against the wall, they start asking for Help, 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 help. They do not know how to help themselves. Mm. The high-tech way of life. And here I go again. What we are projecting, I did not know that we were projecting this until this German lady comes and says, don't you understand what you did? Mm. Mm. My story is about we the people. It's about if you have a dream, don't let anyone talk you out of it. And this is what's going out to people come in here. They're all so happy. They come and men come and shake my hands. Women come and embrace me and thank me. And I says, but wait, I just had the idea. It was we the people that did it. Mm-hmm. I don't forget that. We did it, not I. I just had the idea, but I didn't turn loose of the idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Grown people with gray hair, no one listened to me. I, I sit here and tell you this like I can't believe it. Mm. 
Mm-mm-mm. It won't and, work, Angel. In 1978, you were 50... Uh, about 5960. Yeah, 5960 in 1960 or 1978. Yeah, wow. Wow, and you just put in the fight. You just made it happen. Okay, here's something else I want to tell you. Fifteen people that came to this meeting, February the 18th, 1987, out of the 15 people, including my brother Juan and I and four others, we all grew up during the Depression. Uh-huh. We did not know the word no. We were taught respect. We were taught how to use tools. We were taught not to give up. So my story is about not giving up. But why did I not give up? Because we were taught not to give up. So many people, in America especially, that has been lost. We have so many freebies. Our government has so many freebies for people that stand in line. And we, we are manipulated because the more they give us, the more they take away from us. So this oh, we could we could travel. I could jump down that rabbit hole with you, or we could go to Narnia. I, we could go forever on that one because I'm with you. I'm with you, man. So, so this is why this is my story is so important to the world. I, I want you to get because, this out because right. it is about we the people doing for ourselves, and this is what has been lost in mm-hmm. America so mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. Stand mm-hmm. in line and do for me, but the more they do for us the more freedoms we lose. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Ay, 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 this, ay. this guy's an inspiration, is he not? I say your, your passion after all these years is inspiring. You know, the, you haven't lost, you have the idea, you have the passion behind it, you haven't lost any of that. This is, this is kind of the inspiration for the Not So Native podcast. The reason that we wanted to do this podcast is because we wanted to get people's stories out there. Like your story, I mean, granted, you've been interviewed 250 times, so I feel like I'm I'm talking times. to or, or a thousand times. Sorry, but I feel like I'm talking to royalty, but uh, but and and I'm not nearly qualified to interview you. But nope. <laughs> but this this idea of this podcast is to get the stories of people out there, people who are doing good things, people who have done good things in their life, and get it out there so that other people can find that and get hope from that. And that's what I think you're doing with this story today. I am delighted that you're doing this because America is a beautiful country. and Absolutely. And if it, it's going to have to be we the people to overcome mm-hmm. World War II. Route 66. We cannot depend on Joe Blow to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, thank you so much, Angel. We greatly appreciate oh all the gosh. time. Oh my gosh, I'm I'm so glad you're doing it because yeah. it's gonna it's gonna help people. I hope it's, so. It's not about bringing a someone to spend a dollar anymore. It's about helping. Yes. Right. Yes. Changing. Yes. Changing things. Oh boy. Changing lives by changing the culture. You know what I mean? That's, that's, exactly. kind, of, that's kind of the idea. Exactly. Yeah. 
Well, we certainly appreciate you spending uh, almost an hour with us, and we had only planned to do 30 minutes, so I so, no, no, no. I, I, great story. It's I, a fantastic story. I couldn't stop talking. No, <laughs> no, you, you did a great job. Wow. Thank you. Wow. Thank, thank you. you so thank much. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Rock star Seligman right here. You are. So. The rock star of Seligman. Oh, my God. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I, I forgot your name. Rob. Rob. Thank you, Rob. And yes, Aaron. 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 Yes, sir. Thank there you. you. Go. Thank you very Pleasure, much. Pleasure, Angel. Thank and you, Tom, sir. I, I have a message for you. Both stay happy and healthy. There you go. There you go. Thank you, sir. When you're ready to end this interview, you push that little red button on the on the phone there. Oh, I, I, I want to say w- one more thing. All right. Sure. <laughs> Journalists and people in general have asked me, how did you survive those 10 long years. My wife grew up during the Depression in Mexico. Oh, wow. So she knows how to wash clothes. There are shirts that I have worn for 20 years. The button falls off, she knows how to sew. The collar wears out, she knows how to do that. She can cook. Some of the best meals are leftovers. Mm-hmm. So my wife is so much a big part of the success of Route 66 because if she hadn't been here to bail us out, heaven knows what would happen. She is a woman that can... What's her name? Vilma. Oh, that's right, Vilma. It's on, Vilma. The, it's on the sign outside. What am Vilma. I thinking? Vilma. Yeah. <laughs> she... She went to work and oh kept wow. everything rocking. So thank you very much. Are you a homeowner? Are high electric bills busting your budget? Well, do what I did and call Charlie Miller with Argent Solar 623-734-6011. Argent Solar has an A-plus rating with the BBB and zero complaints with the Arizona Registrar of Contractors. Save money by harnessing the power of the sun. Call Charlie Miller, Thank you for joining us here at the Not So Native Podcast. Be sure to check us out on our website, notsonativepodcast.com, and leave a comment or two. Also, follow us on social media to get the latest update on our adventures. Until next time. Until next time.